AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Let's do it. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, okay, so I'm sitting on the set last night, Rodney. Yes. yes. Chuck Henry during a break. The great Chuck Henry. Yes. Great Chuck Henry. My colleague and friend says to me, you know, this is really interesting. The Dodgers and Giants, they're tied. They have the same record. They've each won 107 games. And with Chuck, no. The regular season is one thing. The postseason is another. And he goes, no, no, they're tied. They start this series tied. And he said, wouldn't it be fascinating if this next series ended in a tie? And I said, Chuck, how can that be? It's five games. And he said, well, maybe they won't play the fifth game. And then everybody will be happy. I said, Chuck, here's the deal. Wait, wait, he didn't say that with a straight face. Yeah, he did. And I said, here's the deal. When we come out of the break, if there's time, I'm going to make you say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make you say that if there's time coming out of the break. And, of course, there was no time because, you know, you have the traditional... A dog steals an ice cream cone or, uh, you know, a little kid does uh, does uh, a pirouette and we had no time at the end. And I said, I'm going to talk yeah. about this on the radio tomorrow. I'm going to bring it up because you should see what people think. I said, I'm not going to ask what people think. It won't be necessary. I can already tell you what they'll think. But that was his theory. And when you said that to him that, you know, basically you're saying you're out of your mind, Chuck. Yeah. He still was serious about let's they'll just stop play and end end in a tie. Wouldn't that be great for everybody? No, no, of course it wouldn't be great for everybody. I don't care what side you come on. You wouldn't want to be it if you're the Dodgers or or the Giants. You wouldn't want this thing to end in a tie. Or your fans? No, the fans don't want that either. No, but you I, want to win or lose, right? One or the other. And that being said, the Dodgers will win. The Dodgers will beat the Giants. I am saying it right now. Oh, wow. I don't care what happens. Wow. In these games, if the Dodgers lose the first game, I do not care. They will beat the Giants. Fantasy Island has come to an end. Everybody get out in that. So there's no panic. You're saying it so emphatically right now that there's no no situation could, could alleviate or make you deviate from your stance right now as the Dodgers emphatically will win this series. Done. So Dodgers down 0-2, you're still feeling the same way. The Dodgers will win the series. I'm no telling you what, right now. At no point are you going to go, oh, my panic meter. Nope. In this series. No. The Dodgers are the better team. The Giants have always had, worked that way. I understand. The Giants have had a magical run. The clock will, try, will strike 12 on Cinderella. It's over. It is over. Are they the better team statistically? No. Okay, then why do you say they're the better team? Because in my heart they are. <laughs> And that's how I base things. 
<laughs> I, I work with the eye test. I like to see you base it in facts, Fred. That's good. My fact is they're the better team and they are going to win the series. Period. Do you disagree? No, I think they're going to win the series. I do. But I, I stand firm with mine. You you tend to waver from time to time. I've not wavered, Rodney, because I said when they beat St. Louis, well, first I said if they no, beat St. Louis. No, you went on, a, a Kevin, I mean, I don't know if we have to. We don't have time because we're, we're a short show today on a Friday, two hours. But we don't have time to rewind the tapes of the endless whining about Wainwright. Do we, Kevin? We don't. We don't have that kind of time. No, not it whatsoever. was hours and hours of you whining about Wainwright and the panic meter, biting off all of your fingernails, oh, saying, "Oh my, my God, goodness. we don't want to see Wainwright." You gotta don't want to see him. Oh my goodness, we have amnesia. He handled us. Today. He handled us in St. Louis. Oh my goodness, did that not happen, Fred? Yes, but what else did I say? Once they get to the bullpen, it'll be over. That's what I swear to God. That's what I said, and it happened that way. And I also said, if at first, and then when, later, they beat St. Louis, they will beat the Giants. Period. Not even a concern. And, I mean, this rivalry, this, for the first time ever, these teams get to meet in the postseason in a situation that counts. Now this thing's going to be at a fevered pitch. I don't know how many people are going up there tonight and tomorrow from Los Angeles. We would ask that be careful, please, when you attend. If you're wearing your Dodger gear, be careful. You yeah, know, it'll be intense. Yeah, you know what this turns into. You know, you know what can happen here. So just please be careful and take care. And of please, uh, yeah, and I will say this to the to the Giants fan. Either way, because both of them, both fan bases are really intense about this, about their teams and this rivalry. But don't, please, don't let anything happen up in San Francisco to a Dodger fan. Otherwise, they might ban any San Francisco fans from coming to Dodger Stadium. Yeah, it, it will be bad, and I'm sure on Monday there will be increased security at the stadium. Yeah. This is the one matchup where the emotion you're messing with family. Yeah, right. And the emotion are going to be very high here on both sides. Take care of yourself if you go up there. Don't do anything stupid. I'm not saying if something goes down in San Francisco that there might be some people in danger wearing giant gear at Dodger Stadium or around Dodger Stadium in LA. I'm not saying that, Fred. I'm not saying that. No, you're not. No, I am not saying that. But be aware. Yeah. Because you didn't say it, but it's very true. Everybody needs to take care of themselves. I know one guy, uh, I, I don't want to use his name. I've known this guy for a very long time. Uh, he's very successful. So you think he's really together. He's a very successful businessman. He works in the music industry um, and is really well off. Okay. A physical fitness nut. He lives here. He has always been a Giants fan. Let me just show you the depth and the length of this rivalry. This guy goes to games at Dodger Stadium and in San Francisco, dressed in full uniform. It looks like the third base coach is sitting in the crowd. <laughs> he has a complete, I'm talking about stirrups, shoes, a cap. No. Everything? I, I swear to God, I'm not going to give his name. He knows who he is. He is the ultimate Giant fan. He looks like he is the third base coach. He sits in the crowd in complete and total uniform. This this, <laughs> this is the depth of this now. So everybody, take a deep breath, pause, and relax. Let the game be played on the field. And we will give this warning again Monday when they come back to Dodger Stadium.
Yeah, because things can get pretty out yeah. of control pretty fast. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, there's been some ugly incidents in the past. But, yeah, let's just behave ourselves. Cheer for your team. Let's not taunt and get out of control. Dodger fans, when you're up there, but let it, but but be heard. Be heard like you always do, no matter where you go, no matter where the Dodgers play. Dodger fans show up. So show up, be loud. Let's uh, let's keep it uh let's keep it under control though. Yeah, I don't know if Pantone is going up for this one. And if if they're up there, it's there's going to be a good number of Dodger fans and it's going to be loud. Uh besides the battle on the field, the the subplot here is what's going on in the front office. And, you know, we've talked about it in the past, but when Andrew Friedman came in here, when the ownership group hired him, he brought in Farhan Zaidi. And the guy they wanted to manage the team was Gabe Kapler. Now, Kapler met with Mark Walter and ownership, along with Farhan and Andrew, as did Dave Roberts. There were other candidates as well. So Friedman and Zaidi picked Gabe Kapler. Mark Walter said, no, that's not the guy we're going with. We are going with Dave Roberts. So that's how Dave Roberts got the job. They did put Gabe Kapler in charge of the minor leagues as the minor league field coordinator. They really liked Gabe Kapler. All right, well, apparently, so did the Philadelphia Phillies. They hired him. He went there, and really, the two cultures didn't mesh. They didn't mesh because you're either going to do it a certain way or the other way, but there can be no in-between, and the Phillies were not going to approach things like the Dodgers had. With Farhan here and Andrew Friedman. Wait, do you think it was a Philly didn't want to adjust, or do you think Kapler didn't want to adjust? I don't think he got the backing he needed. I mean, if you're going to do, if you're going to operate the way the Dodgers do, everybody's got to buy in. But but, but wasn't that the issue coming out of Philly when he first took the job, that he wanted players, you know, it was a friction with the players because they didn't buy into some of the quirkiness or things that he was doing? Yeah, but I think that's a function of the front office. Not really getting everybody together. Uh, this is just how I look no, at but it. I'm, uh, wrong front office, front office, schmutt office. But if you can't connect with your players, that's the problem. Well, it doesn't because, matter what the front office, front office say, oh, yes, we want everybody, you know, we want everybody to wear coconut oil. I mean, we, we front office can say all they want, but you're talking about, you know, 30-year-old guys that, that make a lot of money. You're not going to be able to come in and and be so rigid. We're, we're finding out Urban Myers having that issue. In, in Jacksonville. Yeah. So you can't do that. But I, don't think for one second, he said, oh, my way didn't work in Philadelphia. The players didn't buy in. I'm going to take it. Same thing, same approach to, to San Francisco. You think Brandon Crawford and, and Buster Posey would have ran him right up out of that locker room in, in two seconds if he tries to you know, do something that's, uh, I guess, not player-friendly? And, and from all accounts, they love him up there because he has the, the the confidence of the players that allows them to be them. Evan Longoria, they got so many veterans on that team, there's no way he could have walked in there and, and, and probably did some of the things he did in Philly. Agreed, and I'm sure he learned there. But I really think it's a culture issue and a system issue, and you brought a, a square peg to put into a round hole in Philadelphia. All right, so he loses his job. Farhan, who was here, wanted to hire him, goes to San Francisco. Okay. Who's he hire as manager? Gabe Kapler. Same guy he wanted to hire here. But now the system is in place. The culture is being built. Everybody now realizes this is how we're going to do it. I'm not denying that Gabe Kapler didn't learn something. But he goes there and he has the same kind of success in short order that Dave Roberts had here with the Dodgers. 
Now, it's a very small sample size, but you can see that that's the way it's going. So you have Andrew Friedman and Farhan who built this Dodger system. Dave Roberts remains the manager. Farhan goes to San Francisco, builds the system at a culture there, hires Gabe Kapler, who the Dodgers wanted, to manage the team, and now they are staring each other directly in the eyes. So the game that goes on on the field tonight and throughout the series is one thing. But don't think for a second these front offices are not battling each other as well. I think it's an interesting subplot to the whole series, Rodney. Oh, yeah. Uh, anytime you you have, you know, uh, an employee that's been under your employee and then he gets promotion, he's with the other team. And not just another team. He's with the rival team. It'd be like a long long-standing USC person going over to UCLA and working. Right. You know, almost kind of reverse what Ken Norton did. You know, played at UCLA, started at UCLA, and then when Pete Carroll came over, they, he became defense coordinator at USC. Um, so, yeah, you, you, there is competition, of course. Deep down inside, the burning desire to beat each other with Andrew Friedman and Farhan is just as intense as it is with the players. Now, here's an interesting factoid. Uh-oh. Andrew Friedman running the baseball operations for the Dodgers. Do you know at one point in their storied history, the owner of the New York Giants, the Giants, was Andrew Friedman? Sorry. Oh, no. Somebody need to take those buttons away from him. Oh, Kevin, did you... Uh, did you uh, get that audio I needed today? No, well, the, the problem is I did. The The labels are falling off of the machine, and Fred doesn't know half the time what's what, so he just presses buttons. Okay, yeah, so I just hit the wrong button again. Anyway, Andrew Friedman owned the Giants from 1895 to 1902. What kind of guy was he? Uh, well, Bill James described him as George Steinbrenner on Quaaludes with a touch of Al Capone. <laughs> this Andrew Friedman that owned hey, the let's Giants. Let's break that down. Let's break that down. Okay, all right, let's go. George Steinbrenner on Quaaludes. On Quaaludes. With a touch of Al Capone. Right. Just this side of a madman, by the way. was oh. another comment. Okay. Uh, he was the most loathsome team owner in baseball history. So he surpasses Marge Schott and some <laughs> of the others. Uh, this Friedman got into fights with writers on the Giants beat. At one point, he went down to the game to put himself into a fifth inning dispute with an umpire. So there was an umpire problem. And he ran onto the field and got involved at yelling at the umpire. Uh, one of the players from the other team said, go put a uniform on if you want to get into the game. Uh, Friedman, because the game was at home, had the police remove this player from the other team. No. Yeah, the player that said it? Mm -hmm. Bob Berryhill <laughs> yelled, go put on a uniform if you want to get into the game. Okay? He wasn't going to tolerate that. So he called the police and they removed Berryhill. Uh, he literally beat people up that he didn't like and uh, then was convicted of assault and given a suspended sentence for punching Edward Hurst, a critical sports columnist for the New York Evening World. So Andrew Friedman does have history in this series. The Giants' Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers' Andrew Friedman. The owner of a team punched a reporter? Yeah. <laughs> but beat him so badly. It was allowed back then, Kevin. Oh, oh, oh was, that, right. was that right? Yeah. Yeah. The owners could go down and start punching reporters. Absolutely. Run down Absolutely. to the field, get into an argument with the umpire. Absolutely that worked too. They could. Absolutely they could. Yeah. 
So uh, all legal, all legal before 1925. Is that how it worked? Yeah. Oh, okay. All legal before 1925. Okay. Next hour, we're gonna open the phone lines. One o'clock. One o'clock on the button. We're gonna take your calls. Get get a sense of how you're feeling as the division series begins tonight. Uh, and up next, Ned Coletti, the man who's built a Giants team and then built the Dodgers. Nobody better to talk about this than Ned Coletti, and he'll be jumping on. Oh, it's Friday. Normally we don't care, but you know what this means, Freddie. Oh, I know what it means. It means we're bringing on the man himself. He had to redeem the, the play-in music from last time. <laughs> uh, Dodger pregame tonight, 5.30. Pregame show, 5.30 here on the station. And now the man in the big chair, who sat in both big chairs, our buddy Ned Coletti. Ned, how are you today? Excellent. Boy, what a great open. Ronnie Fazio's crushing it today. Exactly. Ah. Turn it up, Ronnie. Let Ned hear it. Might be, uh, might be the score, huh? Anyway, go ahead. All right, Ned, so I came out today and said, under no circumstances am I concerned. The Dodgers are going to win the series, period, the end. There will be no panic. I don't care what Who said that? Tonight. Me. Yeah, yeah, Ned. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, what do you mean, come on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't mean? disagree with yeah. the statement. I'm surprised who said it, though. Exactly. No, I'm very confident. Hey, Ned, yeah. Second inning tonight, he's going to be calling, trying to call you at least, talking about, oh, Ned, I don't know. Ned, I don't know what's going on here, Ned. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, I agree with you. I, I, I think the Dodgers are in a great spot. I don't, you know, no. Whenever somebody says no disrespect, I guess some disrespect follows. But no disrespect to the Giants. They played phenomenal. But. I don't know that they're going to match up to this. I think the last few innings of these games are going to be difficult for them. I think they're going to need big leads going into the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Uh, they've, they've had a great year. They've got a tremendous bullpen. But October is not September, August, July, June, May, or April. Different deal. Ned, you've been in both. You've built both. You know both markets. Talk about the similarities or differences. Um, well, in Dodger Stadium, I've never heard anybody chant beat SF. So I, I think that, you know, there's, uh, I don't know if it's what it is, but it's, it's you know, you get to San Francisco, you're going to be here and beat L.A. all night long. Wherever the Lakers go, you hear it all night long. Um, you, don't, you don't ever hear it from, from Dodger fans or Laker fans, I don't think, um, towards the opposition. I think both teams are, are going to be very similar in their approaches, obviously. Um, they, they work together, both Farhan and, and Andrew work together for a while. Um, got Gabe, who was in the organization. Uh, Gabe was uh, one of the, the candidates for the manager's job before Dave Roberts got it. So you got a lot of similarities in how they play. I think the Giants, one of their great strengths is that they don't make a lot of mistakes. They play hard. I think their defense alignments using the shift has been remarkable. Um, that's that's their strengths, I think. They've got good pitching. I don't know that they've got uh, Bueller, Urias, and, and uh, Scherzer. And I don't know that they have uh, Trinan and, and Jansen at the end. I think that the bullpens are going to be where this game is, is really going to, if it's close still in the sixth or seventh inning, I, I'll take the Dodgers bullpen all night long. 
and I think uh, you'll see it by how the Giants uh, relievers, how they pitch. If they start to pitch away from contact a little bit, uh, this is a tough team to pitch to contact, meaning the Dodgers. It's also a tough team to not pitch to contact because they will they will take a walk and they will put you in a position where you're going to have to throw them a fastball down the middle of the plate or a walk-off slider like we saw the other night. So um, I like where they're sitting. I like their how they played. I like their, their presence. I also love the experience that they've had of playing all these Octobers. Got a couple guys on the roster haven't played many Octobers, or, or Octobers, Bigford and Vessia, but you know you can't go much further than that. You look at the Giants and belts out, but you know Crawford certainly, Posey certainly, you know excellent. I mean, big time, big time performers in the month of October. Don't know that it's going to be enough. Yeah, and and that just I mean, stand right there because a lot of folks, the oh, the, the Giants, and they certainly had a great season and and kind of shocked a lot of people. But when you just talk about that team and what they put together and. And, and and you just mentioned some of the guys. They have guys that have been there. That have you know. You talk about October. You talk about Crawford, and then you, yeah, Belt's not gonna be there. But Posey's been there. They they also have Chris Bryant, who's been there in October, won a, won a title. Um, so they have a good mixture um, of, of Evan Longoria. I mean, they have a good mixture of veterans along with new players and young players to this team. That that it's not just a bunch of young guys just had a wonderful season and, wow, blew everybody away. They got some guys that have been there and done that before, too. Well, truth, that, that's true. That's true. But, you know, the team that they're playing has, has been there, what, 17, 18, 20, three of the last four, uh, the majority of them. I mean, to the end, to the very end of the season. I think it's a difference. I, and, I, you know, I, you've got Crawford and Posey who've been terrific. You know, they're also, you know, kind of mid-30s, Longoria, kind of getting into that range. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know, and I've said it all year, and I've caught a lot of grief from the northern part of the state. I, I just don't, don't know that the, that the Giants have enough high-end pitching to win to win this series, I just don't I just don't see it. I see I see guys that have been terrific guys who've who've made pitches uh, a lot this season. But when you get to this time of year, you know you can't like if you look at McFarland versus Bellinger the other night, you saw somebody that left-handed started in the advantage in the at bat as far as where the count was and ends up walking him because he knows that his stuff is not strong enough to put up put a ball in the hittable area, you know, even against a guy that's hitting 170. And obviously we know that's an outlier for his career. But I think that that's, that's what I'm going to be curious about tonight and, and for the next few games. Are the, are the Giants able to make a pitch in the heat of the battle and make a pitch that is a good pitch and has got enough life to it and movement to it that they're going to have the Dodgers swing and miss at it? I, I, I'll, I'll be very surprised if, if that's what I see. Is it possible? Sure, they won 107 games. But, hey, we're talking baseball, and we're trying to figure out where the advantage lies. Um, I'm solidly in that, in that camp, and I think that's going to be a difference in this game. I think the Giants need leads of three, four runs going into the seventh inning to win games. And I, and I don't know that you're going to be able to do that against the three guys that the Dodgers are running off their first three games. Yeah. Um, Ned, stand right there because we talked about that and the way the Dodgers play. They wear you down, wear you down, get to that bullpen, and then they make you they make you work for everything that you get. 
um, in terms of a series, being that it's a five game instead of a seven game, does that benefit the Giants more than the Dodgers in this situation? Not saying that they're uh, going to win, possibly, but, but, but does that benefit them? I think I think somewhat. I think it's um, it's not a detriment to them. I don't know if it's going to necessarily benefit them a lot, but I, I think it's it's a, a positive for them. I'm not sure it's a negative for the Dodgers at all. I think it is somewhat of a positive to them. I think tonight's game is a huge game for them, massive game, because they've got home field advantage. You lose tonight, now you're back to even within nine innings or whatever it takes uh, of, of playing all these games. And sure, the Dodgers have one other game that they needed to win. They've won that, so that's behind them. Now you've got all these games you played. You've got to win tonight if you're San Francisco. Tonight is a, a key, key matchup. You cannot come back to L.A. 1-1, one and one, in my opinion, or 0-2, oh certainly. Um, but I, I, I'm strong on the Dodgers, and, I, and I, I, just, I just watch how they play. I watch how they pitch. I watch how they go, at bat, go, go about their business this time of year. I don't care who they're playing, really. I mean, it's going to be tough, I think, for any team. I'm starting to pay more attention to the American League uh, the last couple of weeks and now certainly in, in these next com- coming weeks to see who they have that can do this. I mean, you've got to be able to pitch against this team they, because they are so difficult, especially this time of year. And they've got guys that, that rise to the occasion. Chris Taylor, he was 9 for 72, I think, something like that going into the, or 8 for 72. Hitting 111 since, yeah. since like five weeks ago. And but guys rise to the occasion. Matt Beatty up and back, up and back. Doesn't play, doesn't get a chance. Suddenly he's starting at first base. Makes a few good defensive plays. Has has good at bats. They have the right combination of people that rise to the occasion at the right time. And and they keep they keep some guys on edge a little bit too because of it because of the competition to play. And I I think it's I don't know I I'll be you know I'll, I guess I'll apologize if I, if I'm if I'm wrong at the end of the day. But don't you dare. You know. Matt. I, uh, I sense that, you know. Said I'm, what you said. I'm, I'm with steadfast you, in how I am. I'm steadfast in what I've seen. All right, Ned. As a guy that uh, operated the Giants and then operated the Dodgers, talk about the rivalry from both sides. Is it as real as people say? Is there more hatred for the Dodgers in San Francisco or more hatred for the Giants in Los Angeles? Well, I think the the hatred is probably evenly dispersed or whatever we want to call it, hatred. I don't like using that word, but I understand it. Um, probably evenly dispersed. I I know that, and I didn't run the Giants. I was I was the assistant to Brian Sabian there for a long time. The I can tell you that when the Giants would come into L.A. Now I'm going back a few years too. I've been here for I've been here 16 seasons now. Right. I think. Um, when the Giants would come into L.A., as soon as you would you would hear the wheels coming down from the plane as you you had your approach in the LAX, there was a buzz in the plane. There was guys excited to play here, excited to, to come here, and the Giants' payroll was always our payroll was fifty, theirs was eighty. Ours was fifty-five, theirs was ninety. Ours was sixty, theirs was a hundred. They signed Kevin Brown to that major deal. So the Giants always played with a chip on their shoulder. And I think maybe beat the Dodgers eight out of my last nine years there, which may have led ownership to, to give me a call to come up here or come down here. But there was, there was a, a chip on their shoulder against, against the Dodgers. 
richer team, so to speak, you know, L.A., all the glitz of L.A., you know, the fan base, 50,000, 55,000. You had Candlestick Park for half my time there. You you would only get 55,000 people there if they were playing the Dodgers. And as I told you a few months back, when I asked somebody by, about that, they said, well, the people here don't like baseball, but they hate the Dodgers more and they don't like baseball. So <laughs> right. they show up. So that was a main thing. I think Dodger players certainly get up for it. Dodger players certainly know what the rivalry is and maybe a little bit more uh, of a of a business sense, business trip. We we need to take care of business and and play our game to the utmost. We're going to have a good challenge here. Uh, but I think when the Dodgers, at least in my time, when the Giants, when they when they would come down here, I mean, there was a chip on their shoulder to to prove that they could play with these guys and that they could beat them, and that they they would they would outplay them and they would out hustle them and they would out do out you know do everything they could to beat them. Yeah, and when you when you look at this game, Ned, you know these guys have played each other so often, and even Walker Bueller said there's not going to be any surprises. It really comes down to players making plays today, right, in this series because they know each other so well. No doubt, you know you you can't give either team extra outs, um, and you know again I, I I say it almost every day I'm, I'm talking to anybody about baseball. You've got to be able to pitch. Pitching is such a key thing, and as you as you dive into game, the game tonight, I mean, it's it's a pitch by pitch masterpiece for me on both sides. I learned so much by just watching how pitchers approach hitters. And I, as I said earlier, maybe a week ago or whatever, hitters will know what what their weaknesses are by the scouting report, especially you know with the pitchers throwing these next few games to starters on both teams because they can they can spot a pitch. So. Your hitters will know what their weaknesses are, but I, I just find it fascinating to watch a game pitch by pitch and seeing how it evolves and how it changes the game because every pitch changes the game a little bit, in my opinion. It changes it a little bit, maybe not that at bat, but maybe in a bat later in the series, later in the game, different things happen, and I think you've got to be able to make a pitch. You've got to have the courage to make a pitch. You've got to have this, the, um, the stuff to make a pitch. And you've got to be able to process a lot of things really quick, and so does your catcher. And I think that's that's where the Dodgers have been magnificent. And they also, on the flip side of that, they've taken advantage of those who cannot do what they've been able to do, make a pitch. And speaking of making a pitch, uh, what do you think about the kid starting for the Giants tonight? Um, he's been good. He reminds me a little bit of Kyle Hendricks. Uh, with the Cubs from, you know, still over there and, and pitched well for them in their World Series year and also in the, the postseason against the Dodgers. Reminds me of him a little bit. Um, change up, uh, a guy that's going to try and, and get you off speed and, and try and, and pitch more than throw. Uh, obviously, game for the situation, pitched 162nd game for them, must win for them. Um, so he's ultra competitive and he knows what he's doing. Uh, he hasn't lost since the 5th of May. I mean, that was. How many times since the 5th of May, Fred, have you said, I can't take it anymore? So how many, you know, think about how long ago that was. A yeah. hundred times, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he hasn't lost for a hundred times that you've said that probably. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes the guys do, too, to give it up, you know? But he'll be good. Gosman will be good, too. But, again, you're talking about a team, the Dodgers, you know, Walker Buehler. I don't know anybody in the game as, as big game as he's been. Urias, last year, we saw what he did out of the pen. We see what he's done this year. And then Scherzer, I know the last couple starts, two, three starts have been a little bit off from where he was when he was here and, and pretty much perfect. But you know, I'll take, I'll take those three guys all the time, all the time. Can they lose a game? Sure they can lose a game. That's, how they, that's why you play. But if, you're, if we're 
this is the speculatory look at what's going to happen, you know, I'll take them. I'll take them all the time. All right. I think the first inning is going to be key for the Giants. The first couple innings. They haven't played for four days. How they come out, how, they, how, how he pitches to start the game, I think that those are, those are going to be key things. You don't want to fall behind the Dodgers. All right. Well, Ned, thank you for coming on, setting the scene for us. Uh, hopefully on Monday when we chat, it's going to be uh, one game away from the Dodgers wrapping it up. It is exciting, gentlemen, isn't it? It really this is. Best or what? Yes, we, we should never take any of this for granted. This is precious time in a world of sport and a sport of baseball. Great. See you later. All right, Ned. There goes our buddy, Ned Coletti. Don't forget Dodger pregame show tonight at 530. One o'clock, we'll start taking calls from some of our listeners. We want to hear from you today as you get ready to go. Uh, and I'm sure emotions are high. Uh, and there's, you know, you can talk about the rivalry. Do you really dislike those guys? Is that real? Or is that just something we make up? Because we have to talk, and if we didn't talk, we'd stare at each other, and that wouldn't be very entertaining. <laughs> well, let's start it off with you when we come back, Fred, how your feelings about it. Well, we'll do it at 1 o'clock. We'll yeah. do that at 1 o'clock. You know what we'll yeah. do next? How about a little Know Your Squad? Come on now! 866-987-2570. First caller today. First caller in. Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air. You'll play Rodney and Ronnie. We'll do Know Your Squad next, and then at 1 o'clock, Dodger fans, we want to hear from you. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. I just want to see if you're going to lie or you're going to let me. I was getting bras way before I got the money. Honey, since I've been a star, they don't let right me. Right on. Today, Afternoon Delight. Poke it out. Poke it out. By Wale and J. Cole. This song dropped late last week and is the first collaboration between the two artists since 2018. This cool and Dre produced song is likely to appear on Wale's new album entitled entitled For Lauren. For Lauren 2, excuse me. Which will be released on October 22nd. Meanwhile, J. Cole off the, fresh off the release of his new album entitled The Off Season. He also announced that his Dreamville Music Festival will return in 2022 after being canceled for the last couple of years due to the pandemic. Again, today's afternoon delight is Poke It Out by Wale and J. Cole. Kevin, do you remember first time Rodney did Afternoon Delight with Wale? And he thought it was whale? No. No, never. I don't remember that happening. Never right? happened. Ever. Oh, maybe that was me the day I yeah, read Yeah, that was yeah, you. Yeah, that sounds that more accurate. Was that it? Yeah. Yes. yes. I just got confused. I thought it was you, Rodney. Right. Happened to know Wale, Fred, so I would definitely, it was not me. You would never Fred call him what? Never call him whale. Whaley. <laughs> Whaley. I think I read it one time. <laughs> and whale. That wasn't the only one you had read wrong, Fred. I think you need to get a couple of them wrong. Oh, yeah. And then a lot of times when I know Fred's going to do it, I try to throw a couple of curveballs in there. <laughs> yeah, that's X, true. XXX yeah. Tentacion, I threw at him one time. Remember, yeah, think. when Freddie would read it. <laughs> Money paused, bag, yo. He paused right between. <laughs> Kevin would add a little extra stuff. <laughs> I'd look at you and you'd just stare back at me. Yes, you would add like superfluous stuff. This was uh, this was edited by Shaniqua. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe that's why we just let you do it every day, Rodney. <laughs> maybe that was the uh, reason for that. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Know your squad.
champion Dodgers move to the division series and take on the Giants in San Francisco tonight. Game one is tomorrow. Tonight's game, first pitch, 637. Catch the action on AM570 LA Sports and an HD on the free iHeartRadio app. Brought to you in part by Premier Chrysler Dodger Jeep Ram of Buena Park. Log on to PremierCDJRBuenaPark.com or stop by Premier Jeep of Buena Park. Right up to five at Artesia in Buena Park. Ishmael, you there? Yeah. All right, you ready to go? What's up, guys? We're going to play a little Know Your Squad. And today, the squad is the Rams. Do you know the Rams? Oh, no chance. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? You don't know. You don't know. You might you might get lucky here. And after all, they did win last night. So they might be sending you good vibes. All right. Here we go. Okay. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. By the way, go Dodgers. Go, let's right. go. go Dodgers. All right, Ronnie, you ready? Happy Friday, Rogan and Rodney. Change, I'm ready. Let's go. Change the squad to the Dodgers, Fred, is what he's hoping. Okay, but I don't have the Dodgers. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I have the Rams. And nobody says that Ronnie or Rodney will win this. So Ishmael, you're in. Let's go. Yeah, but oh. I never lost. Oh. oh, that's true. Never lost. Uh, and don't forget, I know your squad. I have to give you all five choices before you answer. If you answer too soon. You will be locked out of that question. The last time we played, Rodney actually got locked out, which is highly unusual. I did? Yeah. You got locked out. I think me and Ronnie did. Both got locked out. Oh, Ronnie got locked out, too. You're we right. We both did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy still couldn't get it right. That was a problem. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> that was an issue. Sure. A little bit. A little okay. bit. A little bit. According to Pro Football Reference, who is the Rams' all-time Pro leader? Pro Football what? Reference. We got pro football talk, pro football reference, pro mm-hmm. football speak, pro football blah, blah, blah. It's pro football reference. That's right. Or call it PFR. 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 Okay. PFR. Yeah. Who's the Rams all-time leader in sacks? Well, 159.5. Deacon Jones, Jack Youngblood, Merlin Olson, Leonard Little, or Grady Little? Deacon Leonard Jones. Little. Brady Deacon Little. Jones is correct. Ronnie. Yeah. Ishmael, you jumped in there. That was good, though. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually mentioned I'm that. just going off the fly. Whatever sounds good. Yeah, that can work. And I will say, technically, Leonard <laughs> uh, Little was surpassed by Aaron Donald last night for the official stat of most sacks in Rams history. But pro football reference, we had this story a couple of months ago, went back and looked over all the film of the guys who had sacks before they were an official stat. And they determined uh, that Deacon Jones has 159 and a half see, sacks. That threw in me career. off, Kevin. Well, that that's why I off. put according to Pro Football Reference. Oh, but I didn't know that's what Pro Football oh. Reference did. Yeah. Because they, yeah, Deacon, a bunch of guys had sacks before they recorded them. Yep. What does Pro Football Reference do? They reference. That's their job. They're the official. Well, it's not official. Reference partner of the NFL. Because Aaron yeah. Donald's now, you know, listed as the official sack leader. Yeah. Yes. Which is why I didn't say the official sack leader. I said according oh, to Pro Football Reference. Right. See what you did on a Friday. That's right. Yeah. Here's your next one. <laughs> Fred didn't know you did that. Of course I did. No, you didn't. Like I read Pro Football Reference twice a week. I like to stay up on things. Right? You read? Who's your favorite author at uh, uh, Pro Football Reference? Who's your favorite author to read? Uh, Sam Kanish. Fred reads the teleprompter. Yeah. Sam Kanish. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Sam Kanish. Yeah, Sam Kanish. So, so you're that. May, that's interesting because last time I checked Pro Football Reference, all they have is stats. They don't actually have articles that are written. Yeah, but you. you yeah, but here's the thing. You don't know who compiles the stats, and I do. It is, Sam. Oh, Kanish. really? Gotcha. Sam Kanish. Yeah. Sam Kanish. Got Sam it. Kanish. Oh my God. All right. Who? Who? Maybe I mispronounced his last name. 
Uh, who, who leads the Rams in total tackles so far this season with 35? Here's an easy one. Jordan Fuller, Kenny Young, Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp, or Cool G Rapp? Jalen Ramsey. How about new? Taylor Rapp? Taylor Rapp. Cool G Rapp. Okay. The answer is... The answer was Taylor Rapp. Uh, Ishmael, good try, but the answer was not Cool G Rapp. <laughs> Ishmael. <laughs> I love it. Ishmael, have some fun with it, man. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. The Rams cool scored G Cool G Rapp. Sure. Kevin, who is Cool G Rapp? Yeah. He's an old school rapper. You should know this, Fred. You're hip. Oh yeah, cool. I just call oh, him you cool. call him yeah, you call him cool, don't you? That was him. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, Rams scored one rushing touchdown in their Super Bowl loss to the Patriots after the 2001 season. Who scored that rushing touchdown? Marshall Falk, Trung Candidate, Kurt Warner, Oz Hakeem, or Prince Hakeem? Marshall Falk. And it is Kurt Warner. Hakeem. How about new? Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. I said Kurt Warner. Ronnie did say it first. He got drowned out. But Ronnie did say Kurt Warner first. Yeah, Ronnie said it first? Yes. Okay. Yeah, All right. So Ronnie's got the lead. Don't be so dismissive. Not going good. Jeez. Not going good. It's going fine. You you were almost there. Hang in there, Ishmael. <laughs> I mean, they just blocked Ronnie one here. They gave him charity. So Just say Sam Kanish. <laughs> you might get one. Sam Kanish. All right. Which of these men coached the team to a franchise record 14 regular season wins in a single year? Dick Vermeil, Mike Martz, Sean McVay, George Allen, or Steve Allen? Mike, Mike Martz. Martz. Mike Martz. Martz. Everybody was correct, but Ronnie got it first. <laughs> All right, so Ronnie has three, Rodney has one. Ishmael, get on the board here. Let's Who do they lose to in the playoffs in that uh, epic season? I do not remember. Who did they lose? Dallas? No. Carolina Panthers. Were you there? Yes, I was. Really? Overtime. Oh, yeah. Steve Smith had that huge yep. catch, right? Yep, exactly. What did you do after that game? How did you celebrate? Got on the plane and went back to Charlotte. Okay. There you go. That answer. That was enough. Yeah. That celebration. No. All right. Which of these players holds the team record for fumbles committed with 75? Eric Dickerson, Robin Gabriel, Wendell Tyler, Tony Banks, or Sam Kanish? Wendell, Wendell Tyler. Tyler. And it is Wendell Tyler. Roman Gabriel. Roman Gabriel, Rodney's correct. Oh. Who'd you say, Ishmael? Ishmael, do you just wait a second and say whatever, Ronnie? And Ronnie <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm telling you, whatever sounds good, I just say it. I got it. I, I'm, I have no clue who these guys are. I'm, other than Marshall Falk. That's it. All right. Here's the final question. Good luck to all. Ollie Mason and Bucky Pope. Are what's, first the, what's the score, though, Fred? Oh, you've won. I haven't won. No, I can't have won. You have three. Oh, Fred, so, are you cheating again yeah, on a Friday? I've got two. So I, I, I just Fred. assume Ronnie's out. But uh, no, so you have three. Ronnie <laughs> has two. Here's the final question. Ishmael, get on the board. Ollie Mason. Those were three points. Well, that's what he's... <laughs> Way to go, Ishmael. Now you're playing the game. You know what, boy. Ishmael? Today, the last one is worth three points. For All you. right. Right. So if you get this, you will you will tie Rodney. Here we go. Ollie yeah. Mason and Bucky Pope are first and second in team history for the longest reception with 96 yards and 95 yards, respectively. Who has the third longest Bucky who? Bucky Pope. 
Bucky Pope. What right. year was that? What? It, all I know is he's playing with a leather helmet. <laughs> right? But, I don't Pope. think there was okay. a face mask. I don't think so either. Okay. So Bucky and Ollie are one and two. Okay. Who has the third longest reception in team history with a 94-yard reception? Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, Elroy, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Robert Woods, or Tiger Woods? Crazy Isaac Legs. Bruce. Tory Holt. Robert Woods. Robert Tory Woods. Robert Woods for Rodney, and that's it. Rodney, you have completed the victory. Never lost. Never have. Well, congratulations and thanks for that. Uh, yes. All right. Ishmael, good job, though, man. You were in the game yep. all the way. We love that you listened to the show. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You made it my day. All right, man. Be right good. On, be Ishmael. safe.